I'm Evan Knappen, and welcome to Gun Lawyer. Hey, today I want to talk to you about marijuana and guns. That's right, marijuana and guns. What about weed and those things we love so much that go bang? Well, I'll tell you. There's a phrase that I I actually coined it. I Honestly, it was me, and I coined this a number of years ago. When talking about marijuana and guns, what I said was, bang or bong, you can't have both. And that's exactly what the story still is today. But I want to explain to you why in more detail, because a number of states have uh, legalized marijuana, even for recreational purpo- uh, purposes. New Jersey just legalized it for you know recreational use, as they like to call it. There's been many states that have medical marijuana and issue the so-called weed card. And as marijuana has become more legal across the country for both medicinal and recreational use, my concern isn't about entering the debate of whether marijuana should be legal or not. I'm not even going to take a position on that. It's not something that's personally of interest to me, but what is of great interest to me is how it can affect gun rights of individuals. And that's where it's very important for you to be knowledgeable about the impact, because a lot of folks really find it hard to believe that something that is sanctioned and lawful by the state still screws you out of your gun rights at the federal level. So if, for example, you have a weed card, you have a medical marijuana card, if you have that card, then that means you are approved by the government to use marijuana, cannabis, etc., for whatever medical condition that that card was issued. Now, a lot of folks say, well, hey, the, the state that I live in says I'm good to go to have marijuana. It's legal. Why would that be a problem for my gun rights? Well, that's because of how the federal law works versus the state law. You see, federal law has a prohibitor, a prohibitor for individuals who are users of drugs. As a matter of fact, under... Federal law, it's Title 18, 922 G3, if any of you are interested in looking it up. And it prohibits any person who is an unlawful user or addicted to any controlled dangerous substance defined in the Controlled Dangerous Substance Act. And so marijuana is in the Controlled Dangerous Substance Act. And therefore, if you are a user of that, it is illegal under federal law. You now are a prohibited person and cannot own, possess, acquire firearms. And ammunition, for that matter, both. You're prohibited for both things, firearms and ammunition. And even though the state gives you permission legally to do it, that doesn't remove you from the federal disqualifier. As a matter of fact, the state's permission for you to use marijuana does the opposite. 
it actually confirms legally that you are a user and confirms your disqualifier for gun possession. So it does the exact opposite. It it doesn't make it legal for you to own guns. It absolutely makes it clear that it's illegal for you to have firearms under the federal law. So don't be fooled by that. Now, you know, the medical marijuana card is um, used by many people legitimately and righteously for ailments that marijuana absolutely helps. And I get that. However, you know, there are some people out there who have the marijuana medical card that uh, are taking advantage of it and really are not using it exactly for the medical purposes that it was intended for. And this is where history repeats itself. And that's because of an interesting thing I want to tell you. I was down in Kentucky. It was one of the NRA, uh, it was an NRA convention nearby at the time. And I decided to take a look and check out the uh, the Bourbon Trail, as they call it, there in Kentucky, where these fine bourbons are made. And I went into a great facility there. It was uh, the Buffalo Trace facility. And I know this is alcohol, and you're saying, how does this relate to me? But I'm going to explain exactly how, because it was really fascinating. The Buffalo Trace, which, by the way, is a delicious bourbon, and I'm not being paid by Buffalo Trace to say that, but it is really great. But anyway, we went through the the, the, the whole uh, plant there, and it really was amazing and, and, and how they do everything. But one of the things that was really fascinating is it ends up that the Buffalo Trace Distillery was one of four uh, essentially whiskey makers that were allowed to operate during Prohibition. And they're one of the oldest that still exist in the country. And I remember asking the guy, they said, well, how did they operate during Prohibition? He said, well, the, the, the government, the federal government allowed four whiskey bourbon makers to stay in business, and they allowed four wineries. You know why they allowed the winery? Well, that was for the religious folks. You know, they, they needed wine for this ceremony, so they were still allowed to have that. But the reason for the bourbon makers to stay uh, allowed was for medicinal purposes, you see. And that was the basis. And to this day, you can buy hard liquors in every drugstore and pharmacy in Kentucky. Because that's how you would acquire it, right? Because it was medicinal purpose. They still sell it in the drugstores today there. And I remember looking at the wall in the Buffalo Trace Distillery, and they had a doctor's prescription to a patient from the Prohibition era. And basically the prescription prescribed this woman three mint juleps a day. She was prescribed. And they had that up there. And I immediately said, you know, medical marijuana, medical bourbon, it's like the same thing all over again. So I get it. And I know it's out there and whatever your choice, but beware of its impact on your gun rights. And if there's, if you're a user of marijuana, even recreationally, illegally or legally, it's a prohibitor. 
And if you've had a minor arrest, even for possession, but a small amount, right? There's a rule of thumb out there that if you if that arrest, even though it's not a felony and et cetera, but it is for the drugs, well, they're, they're going to get denied on a NICS check for up to a year from that, even though it's strictly possession. Now, remember, it, just because you possess marijuana doesn't mean you use marijuana. There are, sure, plenty of folks that have possessed marijuana that never used marijuana. Maybe they possessed it for somebody else or they didn't even realize they had it hanging around and haven't used it for years. But it doesn't matter. The possession offense, they view it in the same category. So you've got to be careful about that. Additionally, dealers, federal firearms dealers, they have a special obligation because ATF warned dealers that even if you write no on the 4473, but you have, they know, the dealer knows that you have a medical marijuana card, a weed card, and he has to refuse to sell it. And then additionally, you've lied on the form. You can be prosecuted for that. But even if he doesn't know, but he has reasonable cause to believe that you are a user of marijuana or other drugs, if the dealer has that reasonable cause to believe, cannot sell you the gun, cannot sell it to you, even though you may get approved on the next check. So this is important to keep in mind, and this is a way to lose your Second Amendment rights because of marijuana. And as it becomes legal, it can set a trap for the unsuspecting gun owner who thinks, hey, marijuana is now legal. Maybe I'll try it. And you decide to go to a dispensary to try it. You may very well burn yourself right out of your, your gun rights for doing it. So this trap is something gun owners need to be aware of. And it's a choice, bang or bong. It truly is a choice. And as long as you recognize that you have to make that choice, then okay, but if you don't know it and you use these newly legalized, you know, substances, then you can get yourself in serious trouble. Now, the interesting thing about legalization, though, is it does have some positive effects for gun owners and gun rights. And as criminal defense attorney, having defended hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of folks with gun issues, I found that there can be an abuse of the system, I guess we call it an abuse, or at least taking advantage of the fact that marijuana is prohibited. And I've seen this used for searches, right? If they think you possess marijuana, they can search and then find guns. I've seen you know, pull over in vehicles and think they smell marijuana. Right? That's a smell. And I mean smell, not even that it's being smoked, but claim to actually smell marijuana itself. And it doesn't mean it's being used. And yet that has become a basis that leads to search. And then guns are found. And then individuals get charged. And then they have to deal with the entire gun law issue that came about because of, quote, smelling Marijuana, And I see this happen even when there's no marijuana found. But they, quote, smelled marijuana. So there was a search that took place. And now that facilitated the search. 
And with marijuana legal, I would hope that we'd see less searches, less invasion of privacy, at least based on the excuse of, quote, smelling marijuana, because it won't matter if it's legal, right? So what if you smelled it? And that should hopefully undercut it. But this is uh, critical because it, it, it ends up bringing in the Fourth Amendment rights as well as our Second Amendment rights and the right to have the privacy. Additionally, because marijuana use is so common, if there's a gun issue and a marijuana issue, then you're painted in this picture of being a drug user and having a firearm. And, of course, the federal law would prohibit you anyway and here you are, now you use your gun, let's say, in a self-defense situation, and then the police and then there's a small amount of marijuana is found as well. Now you're kind of tainting your own case, your own claims. I mean, now that can now be used. It's arguably prejudicial, but it might still come in to the case. So by legalizing it, at least some of these issues, I think, will be addressed and will be uh you know less of a problem than they currently are but let me just tell you until such time as the federal law removes marijuana from the controlled substances list it remains a federal prohibitor now if you are currently a holder of a medical marijuana card the best thing to do if you want your gun rights would be to get rid of that card, surrender it, give it up, send it back, make a note of it. And then generally there's a one-year period where ATF is taking a position they have that if you haven't had your marijuana card for over a year or you haven't had a, a conviction for over a year for minor marijuana, then they view you outside of that year as not being a user. Now this is a policy i don't know of it being actually anywhere in law or statute or reg but this is the view that they take so essentially you're going to need a year uh from when you no longer have that card and that's uh, the rule of thumb that is generally followed so don't go one toke over the line <laughs> For over 30 years, attorney Evan Knappen has seen what rotten laws do to good people. That's why he's dedicated his life to fighting for the rights of America's gun owners. A fearsome courtroom litigator fighting for rights, justice, and freedom. An unrelenting gun rights spokesman tearing away at anti-gun propaganda to expose the truth. Author of six best-selling books on gun rights, including Knappen on Gun Law. A bright orange gun law Bible that sits atop the desk of virtually every lawyer, police chief, firearms dealer, and savvy gun owner. That's what made Evan Knappen America's gun lawyer. Gun laws are designed to make you a criminal. Don't become the innocent victim of a vicious anti-gun legal system. This is the guy you want on your side. Keep his name and number in your wallet and hope you never have to use it. But if you live, work, or travel with a firearm, the deck is already stacked against you. You can find him on the web at evannappen.com or follow the link on the Gun Lawyer resource page.
Evan Knappen, America's Gun Lawyer. You're listening to Gun Lawyer with attorney Evan Knappen. Available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I am a I want to talk about dogs. Why do I want to talk about dogs? Well, hey, I recently got a, a, a new dog. Got a wonderful uh, puppy. And it is a puppy known as a working American pit bull. And it's uh, got papers. And it's really wonderful. Our family loves this new dog. And I love this new dog, too. But I found that uh, sometimes when the dog's identified as a pit bull, it gets some people nervous. But they're, they're great dogs. It's all about how you raise it, you know? Well, anyway, I'm a dog lover. Not a problem. And I want to tell you, the first one of the first cases I ever had in New Hampshire involved shooting a dog. Now, I know that's rather unpleasant, and, and it is. But in this particular case it was very interesting because it really shows you know I practice in both New Jersey and New Hampshire and those two jurisdictions are just polar opposites in so many ways when it comes to guns there's just no question about it I mean I people in New Jersey or people in New Hampshire, they want to know, you know, what's it like in Jersey? I said, well, think about everything that's great about New Hampshire. They go, yeah. Now think of the opposite. There you go. Now you know what New Jersey is. And that pretty much sums it up. People in Jersey, what's it like in New Hampshire? I go, think about everything you hate about <laughs> New Jersey. Now imagine that all gone. <laughs> that's what it's like in New Hampshire, okay? I mean, it's simple to understand it. But especially when it comes to gun rights and Second Amendment, it's just night and day. But Anyway, I had a case where this fellow gives me a call, and here's what he was doing, okay? Three o'clock in the morning, he has his bedroom window open, and he's shooting coyotes out his bedroom window at three o'clock in the morning over a, like a blue light that he has out there where he has bait out, and he's just shooting coyotes out his bedroom window three o'clock in the morning over a bait and a light. And it's perfectly legal, not a problem, because it's New Hampshire. You want to shoot coyotes in your bedroom? Go right ahead. Uh, it's New Hampshire, not a problem. And coyotes are a problem. They, you know, are destructive, and they run down deer and cause all kinds of problems and makes neighborhood cats disappear or what have you. But the thing is, he's legitimately shooting coyotes. And he would shoot the coyote, and it would fall down dead, whatever, and he'd leave it there. He wasn't going out there at 3 o'clock in the morning because guess what? That coyote now attracted more coyotes because it's more bait for coyotes. And he would just do this during that evening. He was just blasting away. Okay, fine. Well, next morning, early morning, boom, 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 there's this pounding on the door. There's this woman there, and she's holding her dead dog. And she's like, you shot my dog, you killed my dog, oh my God. She's flipping out that he killed her dog. And he's like, oh, look, I'm really sorry. I didn't want to shoot your dog. I didn't know. You know, he's just look, shooting coyotes out at 3 o'clock in the, you know, in the morning. He looked like another coyote out there. 
And he's very apologetic. He didn't want to shoot anybody's dog. He wasn't happy about doing that. But she is just beyond consolation. She's just going on and on and on. And so she calls the police. The local police come. And she's like, he shot my dog. He shot my What happened? Over, you know, shooting shooting coyotes there over the bait. He's allowed to do. That's what he's doing. And apparently her dog decided that night to run with the homeboys. And he didn't know it. And so he shot it. And he's sorry. But he didn't. And, and, the, and the officer says, lady, you know how many times we've told you not to let your dog run loose? You know, I mean, a dozen times. Not Your dog is not allowed to run loose. He ran loose. He got shot. Oh, well, have a nice day. And the cops leave. Yeah, just like in New Jersey, right? Yeah, right. That's a joke, right? No, no. But so, okay, it's what it is. And he was sorry. But guess what? She's not to be not to be uh, blocked by this local who won't take action. And she calls New Hampshire Fish and Game so that the Fish and Game officer comes there over what happened. And as far as fishing game laws were concerned, um, my client didn't wasn't in violation of any of those fishing game laws. But a new law had recently been enacted, and the new law was uh, about if you ever shot a dog by accident, you had to report that the dog was shot. You had to report it, and my client did report it. The police came. The police, local police, did come. Remember, but no, 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 that wasn't the kind of reporting. They were talking about here, so this guy with this lady, he's going to be her white knight, and he charges my guy with violating the new dog shooting law that New Hampshire passed. And I'm like, all right. So this is the first case. So I get this, and I look, and I go, you know what? This new law is ridiculously unconstitutional because it's requiring you basically to incriminate yourself. All right? I mean, that sure doesn't fly anyway. You know, yeah, and and on top of it, he did report anyway, and that's still not being accepted. So they took my guy's gun to hold, right, that did the dog shooting, and we get scheduled for court. And, you know, the way it works, by the time court rolled around, you figure, you know, it takes a while, a bit of time, and finally get there to court and go in and talking to the, fishing game officer you know and he's like you know at this point he's pretty much sick of this lady who has been non-stop on him about this case and he realized i'd filed motions i filed a fifth amendment you know self-incrimination motion i had motions on the whole case all this kind of stuff and apparently in new hampshire i learned that the fishing game they prosecute their own cases so it's not like they have a a municipal prosecutor who's an attorney that knows how to respond to these motions and deal with all this. No, 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 no. So now it's like, great. Now I get to, you know, deal with this. And that's always worse because he had no clue. But you know what? It was a point where he realized I had all these arguments, all this file. I'm not going to let this go by. And this has to go. And the guy says to me, look, look, he goes, how about, we do this thing called placed on file. Now, this is what New Hampshire offers. If a case is agreed to be, quote, placed on file, what it means is there's no 
plea of guilt that's made. There's no conviction. There's no jail sentence. There's no fine, nothing. It's basically saying that the court's going to hold the case for a period of time, normally maybe, you know, let's say this case, six months. They're just going to hold it for six months. And if there's no other problems with my client, they will dismiss the case. End of story. Dismiss the case. So it's kind of a surefire way, if you're patient, just to get a case dismissed. And yeah, we could have tried it. I could have argued all my motions. We could have had a lot of fun. But the best thing for the client was, look, we do a place on file, and in six months, it goes. And his concern was, well, what about my gun? So I said, to the audience, I said, look, I want his gun to come back. And he's, no problem. He can pick it up. Here's how he get it. I'll return his gun, place it on file, matter resolved. We're all good. And my client's very happy with that. He said, good, get my gun. It'll be dismissed, and that's that. And it won't count as a violation because uh, New Hampshire's pretty tough on fish and game violations, believe it or not. If you get one violation, you lose your hunting and fishing uh, rights. You lose it for one problem. You know, even New Jersey allows you two problems before they suspend you. But New Hampshire, no, it's one. So none of that would happen. None of that would be a problem. So it was all good. And I walk out of the courthouse with my client and we walk down the courthouse steps and we're standing there for a minute and I'm explaining to him how he can get his gun back and here's where he needs to go and this is what you need to do. Suddenly the courthouse doors, they fly open and the woman is up there and she's holding half a dozen pictures of the dog in both hands and she's screaming at the top of the courthouse steps, you killed my dog, you killed my dog, you killed... Obviously not happy with the deal we made, I guess. She comes running down the steps and she starts punching my client with her fists of fury holding her deceased dog pictures in her hands. And my client trips over his own feet backwards from her hitting her and he lands on the ground. I try to take my best command voice and I say to her, I go, stop that, stop hitting my client. And she turns she looks at me and she points those fists of pictures at me and she says and you his mother f***ing fat attorney at which time I said to her how dare you call me an attorney <laughs> but uh, let me just say I uh I never forgot my first case in New Hampshire. Let me tell you, folks, keep a fellow gun owner from becoming a law-abiding criminal. Tell them to listen to Gun Lawyer Radio. We have a lot of laughs. We have a lot of fun. And you get to learn a lot, too. Visit our website at gun.lawyer. Please subscribe and rate the show. Help me get the word out so we get more folks that can be protected and understand these issues so they remain law-abiding gun owners. This is Evan Knappen reminding you, gun laws don't protect honest citizens from criminals. They protect criminals from honest citizens.
Gun Lawyer is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Reach us by emailing evan at gun.lawyer. The information and opinions in this broadcast do not constitute legal advice. Consult a licensed attorney in your state.